Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer, and it is Monday right now, so if you are with us in the live, the early birds, good to see you on a Monday. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, what up? Hope you had a good weekend. It was a good baseball weekend, especially if you are a Mariners fan, that two-out rally that we put on the uh, Houston Astros there over the weekend was fucking incredible, and then we won yesterday, too. Jared Kelnick looks like a stud, as always. But Ryan, how was your weekend, man? It was uh, it was all right. It was a good, good relaxing weekend. Some some uh, good hockey games there going on all day Sunday. Uh, Schwarber hit a home run finally. Broke out of like an over twenty slump. Uh, Phillies broke their broke their uh, losing streak yesterday. So good weekend. Good, happy to be back uh, talking some baseball here. Same. Anthony, chat. I see you guys in the chat. What up? Anthony said it was a good weekend for us Dodger fans as well. I agree. I gotta, I gotta chill out. I'm fidgety today. Uh, Chad, we will get to that in a minute. Actually, you know what? What a good way to start it. Uh, Mason Miller. Chad said, I wish we could say we we're shocked that Mason Miller looks destined for Tommy John surgery, but let's face it, he could be the poster child for it with how hard he throws. I'm not going to say I told you so, but I did post some shit on Twitter when him and Bryce Miller had the uh, their little face-off last week, and I thought it was really odd in that start that for a guy that came out in his first start throwing 102, just consistently lighting up the, uh, the radar gun over 100 miles an hour, all of a sudden in that start against the Mariners, he didn't touch 100 one single time. His fastball sat closer to 97, 98, which is still fast, obviously. And I thought either something was wrong or maybe he was just trying to dial it back a little bit so he could uh, pinpoint his pitches a little better and not be like a wild thrower. But, yeah, it looks like there's something up with his elbow. He said elbow soreness, but we all know that that is code for something more than elbow soreness. Ryan, how are you feeling about Mason Miller moving forward? Yeah, I mean, you have to wait and see what this is. We've seen this with multiple pitchers this year um, already. Springs down in down in Tampa there. Um, Andrew Painter before the season even started, he unfortunately he fortunately did not have uh, Tommy John yet. Just just a little bit of rest. So hopefully that's the same thing for, for uh, Mason Miller. It, it just sucks seeing all these pitchers like just either aren't aren't having a good start or have injuries to start the year. It's it's tough. Uh, so hopefully you know for for his sake and for athletics fans sake they have something to hold on to with mason miller staying healthy yeah what a wild year for pitching which is killing me and it's killing a lot of fantasy baseball people it's i mean people a lot of fantasy baseball players a lot of y'all listening to this pitching this year has been an odd one corbin burns is having a down year uh carlos rodon is not going to be back for a while mason miller's out now with an injury degrom got hurt per usual 
Jeffrey Springs started off looking like a world beater, and now all of a sudden he's out with Tommy John surgery. It's just been a great, yeah, Woodruff out till July. It has just been a wild year for pitching, which also, I mean, it shouldn't, but it does lend to the fact that you shouldn't go pitching early. This is a prime example of why it, it isn't, isn't a prime example. Why? Because this is such an outlier season right now, it feels like, in terms of pitching. There's always injuries. Good pitchers always struggle at random points of the season. But just the fact that there has been so many good pitchers struggling and so many pitcher injuries happening this early in the season, it's starting to feel like an outlier season. And if you went hitter early, you're probably pretty happy right now. Yeah, I mean, hitters, you know, they're, they're I guess, less risk for being being injured because they don't have a, a, a unnatural throwing motion for their job. I mean, they just go up there and hit. And yeah, with, uh, with the pitch clock, it has seemed to affect pitchers more than hitters. So... If you you went hitter heavy pretty early on in your draft, you're probably looking looking sitting pretty pretty while you're uh you know you can find streamers here and there you can you can pick up guys for the for the for the waiver wire for pitching so yeah it's been a been a weird year to start fantasy baseball. And Chad said, but hey, at least we get Ranger Suarez back. He totally makes up for everything we've lost, right? That's right up hey, your alley. I don't want to hear any, any Ranger Suarez <laughs> slander on my podcast. <laughs> Oh, but speaking of young guys, so there's there's a point that I wanted to make on this episode. I was texting Ryan about it earlier, and it just felt like something good to discuss on the podcast rather than just texting Ryan about it. I'm trying to get better about that. Uh, it does have to do with Bryce Miller, who we mentioned. He has come out lighting the world on fire. I have hesitations about his last start, though. He had the six innings of incredible baseball against the Mason Miller led athletics struck out 10. Yeah. He, well, I, I know he had the, the five strikeouts against, against the Astros, but he didn't look like somebody at that point that could strike batters out, which sounds wild. Cause he had five strikeouts and his fastball is amazing. Like there's no doubting that his, his fastball is really fucking good. It has like almost 21 inches of run. Averages 96 miles an hour. The spin rate on it is ridiculous. It's like almost 2,700 RPMs, which is absurd for a fastball. And it already has a negative five run value through two starts. So 12 innings, negative five run value. George Kirby's fastball, his four-seamer has a negative six run value. Pretty damn good. It's like third best in baseball. He's pitched like 37 innings. Bryce Miller has thrown 12. And his is already that good. But the problem is, in that game, he wasn't getting any swings and misses. And I've seen so many people lately talking about how Bryce Miller, is he this year's Spencer Strider, which I think is dumb because Spencer Strider was a rookie last year. So it's fucking weird. They say it as if it was something that happened so long ago. Uh, I I don't know if they say it like that. They say like, oh, Spencer Strider came out, not came out of nowhere last year, but was incredible last year. Maybe... Miller can do that for for the Mar- for the Mariners. I don't think it's saying like, oh, can he be the next? Like, it's not like saying, oh, Shohei Otani is the next Babe Ruth. Like, it's not a hundred years. It's just you know, a lot of people just, did say that though. Well, yeah, I know, but that's that's because that was the only comparison. And now people think the comparison is you know, young good rookie here, fifteen strikeouts in his first twelve innings, only allowed one run. Maybe he maybe he has something here, and, and that 
I mean, we'll we'll see after his next few starts. His next start is in Detroit against the Tigers. I don't think their lineup's very good. That's a big pitcher ballpark, even though they moved in the fences this year. So, yeah, I I, I think Bryce Miller, I, I'm glad I picked him up. Um, I remember talking about him before he got called up as, like, an option. And, like, looking at his minor league numbers last year, there was nothing really to say that he'd be a terrific major league pitcher. ERA, uh, 3.16, good strikeouts per nine, 163 and 133 innings, but... Nothing like this. I mean, the, the athletics are one thing. The Astros are still the Astros. I know they're they're Altuve's hurt, but you still got uh, Alvarez in there. I think Tucker's in there. They're still a very good team. So he's, he's had a good start. So I, I I'm impressed. I'm impressed too. My my point that I really wanted to make was I think he is more along the lines of somebody like a Graham Ashcraft. Graham Ashcraft is somebody that everybody hyped up before the year. I was guilty of that as well. He has excellent stuff plus numbers. He has disgusting pitches that track well in that metric. But the problem is he doesn't get the strikeout you would expect for somebody that has those crazy stuff plus numbers. He'll pitch six innings with five strikeouts. But everybody tells you how good these pitches are and how good the out pitches are. I'm wondering if Bryce Miller is going to end up being that similar sort of pitcher where his stuff plus numbers are crazy but he just doesn't get get the numbers. Uh, Bryce Miller in that start, he had he generated 51 swings and got eight whiffs. All of them were on the fastball. 16% whiff rate. This Not is against Houston? Good. Yep. He had what was 10 it swings Oakland? on the slider. Oh, against uh, Oakland, it was, uh, I think it's 38%, something like that. It was really high. He had like a 48% oh, yeah. whiff rate so, yeah. on this this is, this is a perfect example to show like why sometimes some of those like advanced stats, they show how good a player can be. They show mm-hmm. how he's been. You can try to project things, but you, you have to look at him in context because you have against the worst lineup in the league. Well, he was great against a very professional team like the Astros. They're not still the same Astros, but they're a good team, good organization, good coaching. They're going to mm-hmm. make him work. They're going to try to attack those guys. So, yeah, I, I think that's something is that everyone has to take into account with with fantasy baseball and all these advanced stats out there. There's so many stats out there, and you can find ones to like make your narrative. And sometimes it lines up, sometimes it doesn't. But you have to remember context. You have to remember, okay, this was one start. This was one bad start. Did he have diarrhea that day? You, you have no idea. <laughs> you, you can you can throw some stuff out the window. So you need the sample size. That's also why I don't think it's it's fair to compare um, Bryce Miller to Graham Ashcraft. Yes, because Ashcraft is still. 25 last year 4.89 ERA case per nine was six uh looking at Ashcraft's minor league numbers uh last year he only or two years ago he had 129 strikeouts in 111 innings so barely over nine strikeouts per nine but not the same amount that Miller was striking people out so and Miller also has the help of uh not pitching in Cincinnati that's definitely gonna help him out there in uh Seattle yeah, I just I want to see I need to see another start from Bryce Miller. Everybody is so mm-hmm. they want to anoint him as the next great young pitcher in Seattle, which I get. I mean, that's my hometown team. I live 40 minutes from the stadium. If you've never listened before, I am like the biggest Mariners fan in the fucking world. So I am all for anointing Bryce Miller as the next young stud in Seattle. The problem is he looked for as good as he looked in Oakland. He looked good against the Astros. I mean, he only, he only gave up two hits and a run, or two hits, no runs. It's like the first pitcher ever to, I don't even know the stat. He He's killing it. Like, he looked good, but he wasn't missing bats. And it is a very scary thing to struggle missing bats that way. 
his fastball is crazy. It, it is arguably going to be up there in the like, top five best fastballs in baseball. He could have a Christian Javier-esque type year like he had last year, very relying on that crazy fastball with the, the RPMs and the the movement on it. So it's not just your typical fastball, but I need to see another start against somebody that's not Oakland and not Houston. Give me a middle-of-the-road team and let me see how he does against somebody like that. And then I will know where I stand on the matter. Yeah, and if his uh, future is bright, you might want to pick up some sunglasses over at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN with for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. They have you covered from the sun to the slope with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGallingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Another young guy I think we talked about um, last show made his made his major league debut last Wednesday. So we definitely talked about it. Brent, Brendan Fott is getting a, another start for the Diamondbacks uh, Tuesday. So... Would be a two-start pitcher if he if he does, uh, in fact, stay in the rotation, if he has a good start. Um, what are your thoughts on him now? At a rough start, first go in Texas there, but it should be a, an easier home matchup here against the Marlins. It should be a much easier start against the Marlins. So, uh, it, again, it's probably going to take three starts with him, just like Bryce Miller, to see how he does because he's getting like the very opposite ends of the spectrum. So this is probably going to be a pretty good start for him. The only thing that worried me about that last start was he was a guy that came up uh, his slider and his changeup were supposed to be pretty good. And his fastball is supposed to be pretty good, too. He didn't generate the kind of whiffs that you wanted to see. His fastball had a 4% whiff rate. Slider and changeup were both at 40%. But everything he threw got hit so hard. Uh, his expected slugging on his four seam was 562 expected slugging against the slider was 968 and the expected slugging on the 12 changeups that he threw was 3.265 he got lit up which isn't what you want to see like yeah i don't even know how to explain you you he got destroyed against the pitches that were supposed to be good he he didn't get kind of lit up he got absolutely annihilated on everything he was throwing. He does have a lot of upside there. He threw uh, 160 innings last year in the minors, so he doesn't need to ramp the arm up to go 150-plus innings this year. He did lead the minor leagues in strikeouts last year, so he has the stuff that you want. But, man, he's got to show me something against Miami, and then he's got to come back, hopefully in that second start this week, to show me something else, or it wouldn't surprise me if they just brought Dre Jameson back up and sent – sent fought down because uh, I mean, Dre Jamison wasn't bad. Like he wasn't good, but he wasn't bad. Uh, awesome slider, like 60% whiff rate on his slider, but fought has not the longest leash right now. I don't think so. This has to be a good start for him, but, but and I think it will be. Yeah. They could just play, play a uh, prospect pitcher, Merrick around there with Jamison and, and fought calling him, call him up and down. Uh, Chad said a little off topic, but I just got some breaking news. The Orioles City Connectors is leaked and they are god awful. 
I haven't seen them and I'm terrified to look at them because there's a lot of ways that that logo could go wrong in a city connect hmm. jersey. Apparently it's just a, a black jersey with Baltimore in white, pretty much generic font, maybe a little bold italicized. So hopefully this isn't what it is, or maybe there, there's some more. So pretty to much it. the the Great Britain uh, World it, yes. Baseball Classic jersey. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they, for whatever reason, thought that that was uh, like a cool killer idea. Uh, yeah, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Speaking of Orioles and young pitchers, another uh, not two star pitcher this week, but is starting on Tuesday is Grayson Rodriguez against the Tampa Bay Rays. He's been very up and down. I know he's definitely had his struggles early on in games. I think his first inning ERA is, is awful, and then he kind of settles down as he goes along. First start this year. This is his first start this year against the Rays. He hasn't really pitched against anyone that great yet. Texas, Oakland, mm-hmm. White Sox, Detroit, Detroit, Kansas City. Are, are you wary about Rodriguez here? And um, if you have him in a daily league, would you consider benching him? Um, I would probably consider benching him. I'm iffy on Grayson Rodriguez right now. I think he needs more time in the minor leagues, and I know people don't want to hear that. Uh, he's a guy that was kind of it was talked about how good his changeup was in the minor leagues and how it was a, a best pitch in baseball type pitch. And he changed it when he came up here. And it, I mean, he's got a 32% whiff rate, which is cool. It's above that 30% mark that we like to see to call a pitch really good. But again, he's a guy that's getting hit hard. He had a couple decent starts in a row against nobodies and you have to be pitching well against those teams and then continually pitch well especially for a team like Baltimore that, I mean, they have good prospects. They don't have the greatest pitching prospects, which is the problem. Uh, Anthony, I wouldn't drop Grayson Rodriguez for Fott. Uh, I, I would stick with Grayson Rodriguez for now if I had to pick one of the two. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think his time at the major league level could be limited if he struggles in this next start just because he hasn't he hasn't been dominant in any start yet that he hasn't shown that he absolutely without a doubt is ready to be here and deserves to be here right now. So we'll see. I'm hesitant on him. I dropped him in a 12 team league earlier this week, 12 team Mm -hmm. redraft. And if you did it as well, I, I wouldn't hate the idea. I I don't know if I'd hate the idea. I I, I wouldn't drop him yet. I have him in my, my 12 team league. I'm, I'm holding on to him. Um, yeah, I think this is similar to the conversation we had about you know Gunnar Henderson against uh, Jake McCarthy, like or Jordan Walker was. If the Orioles are going to let these guys take their bumps at the major league level, it seems like, and you know have a few bad starts, Gunnar Henderson is going to learn how to hit left-handed pitching, and Hender- and uh, Rodriguez is going to learn how to you know get beat around and, and bounce back from it. So I think that's what Baltimore is doing right now. They're trying to build this young core with Rodriguez, Henderson. Uh, Rutschman, I think Mullins is still relatively young. Santander is back on track. Uh, Mount Castle, Hayes, like all these guys there. But that that good young core of Rodriguez, uh, Henderson, and, and Rutschman there is what they're looking for. So I would still hold on to them, but I, I wouldn't hate if you if you benched them until you had at least one or two good starts. Yeah, I like that move a lot. Uh, Chad throwing out, speaking of young pitchers, is it too soon to fab Kyle Harrison to tie up a roster spot? Yeah, I think it is. The strikeout stuff's cool. It's got like a 15% K rate. The minor league level is pitching for the Giants. But his walk, his walks per nine is like almost 10. 
even if they call him up right now, the dude's got not a whole lot of control right now. So I, I can't see him coming up anytime soon. And if it is, I, I can't imagine how effective he's going to be. So I would hold off on it. Although I, I understand the, the wanting to get players early in the fab market. You can get a little bit of a discount on them. So you're not like me paying $200 for Zach Nito. <laughs> but, uh, one of the guys that I want to cover. Oh, oh, that... oh but first there, oh, we're, yeah. we're discussing a lot of what ifs. And, you know, life is full of what ifs. So what if you're trying to, what if you try something new when it comes to dating? Talkify is the new way for to meet other serious singles. What if they help you find what you're looking for? Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is de designed to help you achieve relationship success. They're trusted compatibility specialists, hand-select successful and compelling candidates, so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Absolutely top tier ad read. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of top tier, how about a top tier prospect that's getting called back up? It was a rookie last year and then went down to the minor leagues and it's getting called back up by the Chicago Cubs, Christopher morell he was cool last year he had an awesome first half of the year 10 doubles nine home runs four triples hitting 266 30 percent k rate but who cares because it's exciting and fun to watch and it's all going well and then he hit like 160 in the second half and it didn't really go well the k rate jumped up to like 35 percent you wonder why he's in the lineup starts the year in the minors and in 20, I think it's 28 triple A games this year. He has like nine doubles, a triple, and 11 home runs with 30 RBIs. Still that cool 30% K rate, batting 300 with the 400 Babbitt. A lot of things that I say out loud that make me scared as hell for him to get called back up because a 400 Babbitt is terrifying because that's going to come back down to like 350, which then makes his. 300 batting average closer to like a 240 or a 245 with the 30% K rate scares the hell out of me, but he has all the intangibles. He plays like every damn position, which is cool for fantasy baseball. There is some excitement there. He does have that jazz Chisholm quality to him a little bit, just not on the same. He's not on the same level. He's like what jazz, jazz Chisholm, jazz Chisholm light <laughs> jazz Chisholm of last year. Light. He, he has that. He plays with the with the excitement with the vibes are high so I, he makes for a fun pickup especially with the position eligibility i know for sure he has second base and outfield mm -hmm. second uh, other third platforms. short and outfield yeah there outfield. we go so you can plug him in anywhere you're not going to find many of those super utility style guys in fantasy that have the extra base hit ability that he has he has some speed as well I think he was in the 88th percentile in sprint speed last year, so he can steal some bases. So he probably becomes my favorite super utility guy. I like him better than uh, Brendan Donovan. I like him better than Brandon Drury. I like him better than all those guys. 
So he makes for a fun pickup if you have a roster spot. I probably would stay away in a 10 team, a 12 team. If you got somebody that you're iffy about on your roster, he's probably better than that person. That's been like my favorite thing to say lately. He's probably better than that person, whoever it is, except for some of the questions you guys asked me are wild. I brought it up last time when I talked about questions that I've answered. I'm going on a little tangent. Don't overthink things, everybody. That is like the downfall of every team and every manager in fantasy baseball. Please do not overthink things. I got asked by somebody today. I'm just using it as an example. I'm not talking shit about anybody in the questions that I get. I got asked if somebody should drop Dylan Cease so that they can start Tony Gonsolin. Okay. First of all, no. Second of all, why would you ever consider dropping Dylan Cease? They said that they were just they were frustrated with the lack of run support. And I'm just Chad, was that you? In a 10 team, I'm still not dropping Dylan Cease. Chad, don't do that. Don't do that. No, not dropping Dylan Cease. Nothing has really changed with him. The run support sucks. You get over it. He's one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball. The ERA and the walks will stabilize themselves. I was out on Dylan Cease coming into the year. I'm still, like, my opinion hasn't changed on him. But keep in mind, Tony Gonsolin is not good. Tony Gonsolin has a, a strikeouts per nine of, like, four. He has more walks than strikeouts per nine. His ERA is super high. His expected ERA is even higher. So... There's just certain things that maybe in a 10 team, if you wanted to ask me somebody else instead of uh, Dylan Cease, maybe don't drop Dylan Cease, but definitely not Tony Gonsolin. Like that's just, that's being too nitpicky and overthinking. I don't like it. It's moves like that that sound good in theory. And what always seems to happen when I tell people these things is uh, last time I didn't remember who it was, I told him, don't start this person over this person. And the person they wanted to start did better and then just shit the bed every game after that. But I got to hear about how, oh, look, if I would have just started him, he would have been better. So watch, Tony Gonsolin is going to come out and throw a seven-inning no-hit game with eight Ks, and Dylan Cease is going to give up seven earned runs. And then Gonsolin is going to be droppable for the rest of the year after that. But yeah, so don't I don't even know where I was going with that. Don't overthink. Hey. Basically, Thanks. if if there's if you have someone in your roster that you're kind of waiting on and like you're like should I drop him should I not like if it's if it, especially if it's an underperforming top player and you're you're dropping him for another player that you might have on your roster the whole year so like Christopher Morel if you want to pick him up or pick up another top prospect or a guy coming back from injury or whatever and it's more than like a spot start or just trying to win this week don't do it you have to think about the long term think about you know if you drop him now he turns it around someone else picks him up. You're screwed, but oh, you got the, you got that one start from Gonsolin back back on May eighth, and then it doesn't help you in, in any other time. So, don't don't overthink things with fans baseball, absolutely. But um, yeah, what did you think of of Matt Mervis over the weekend? He made his debut. Um, had it up here. He had three batted balls over a hundred miles per hour, exit velo, including two against uh, Sandy Alcantara there, who's off to a, a pretty bad start this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Do you think he's going to stick up here with the big club? I think he will. He's got to get the K rate in check, but he's only played a couple games, so it's okay. Uh, we talked about how he's got excellent plate discipline, and I want to pat myself on the back because when I pulled that Daniel Vogelbach plate discipline stat out of thin air about how they were very similar, I I fact-checked myself after the episode, and they were almost fucking spot on. 
to each other. Daniel Vogelbach's 2017 last year at AAA. Uh, yeah, I, he looks confident at the plate. He doesn't look lost, which is which is good, especially against a guy like Sandy Alcantara. He's got like the coolest dad in the world. I saw the interview of his dad when I was watching the game in his first game out there. Awesome dude. Uh, I, Mervis has a lot of fantasy value for the rest of the year because I think he does put up some really good numbers in that lineup moving forward. I don't see him getting sent down. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like what I've seen so far. And he had that RBI single in his first game. He's two for eight so far, so he's got some work to do. But yeah, it, the fantasy value is there. Yeah, he went two for six on Sunday, so now he's, what, four for 14 there? A little, a little yeah, bit better. Right. Yeah, I, I think Mervis is a guy, he's now rostered in 47 percent of Yahoo leagues. I picked him up in my 12-team league. I picked him up in my 18 keeper. So I'm hoping he's someone that can, you know, he's hitting seventh now. I think that's where we, we said he probably would hit. But, you know, maybe he'll move up to, to six or five if he can get some uh, extra base hits under his belt. Yeah, uh, and then what do we got here? Uh, Corey Seager? Looks like he's potentially starting his uh, rehab assignment after this current series with Seattle. So the talks are if he does that, he could possibly be up by the end of their uh, Oakland series. We'll see uh, that Texas Rangers lineup over the last two, I think it was three weeks, is the highest scoring team in baseball. Over, like Second is the Tampa Bay Rays, and they'd scored – as of like, I think, man, when did I write my fantasy pros article? Uh, Saturday. I, so I guess it was as of Saturday. Uh, they were the highest scoring team by like 16 runs or something. They'd scored 116. They're on absolute fire. And now they're going to add Corey Seager back into the mix at some point. Um, I think one of my favorite recent waiver wire pickups, Ezekiel Duran, is going mm-hmm. to, he'll lose some PT. He's been too good, though. They might use him as like a utility guy, so he'll still see some ABs here and there. He's played like every position, so it's possible. But the Corey Seager hype train is real, especially the Corey Seager with no shift hype train is real. I think he hit the most batted line drives into the shift, batted line drive and ground balls into the shift last year, and so it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. I think if Jared Kelnick had to find a way to sneak him in, can I come into this year as one of the guys that hit into the shift the most and can be this good this year? Just imagine what somebody like Corey Seager could do playing in Texas. It's going to be a fun year. That batting average is going to come back up. I know it was down a little bit last year, closer to like 240. So he could be back closer to the 280 range with the 30 home run power. And I'm excited to see him get himself back into some games. He's going to be dominant. He's right back to a top five short, uh, shortstop. Yeah. Uh, another shortstop. We talked up a lot before the year, and he's starting to pick it up a little bit. Uh, Ezekiel Tovar of the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Been hitting well recently. Three for four with a home run, two for five against the Mets at City Field. So not a course field home run for him. Um, they have a three-game set against the Pirates this week to kick off the week, and then weekend home set against the Phillies. Uh, see someone you have or have your eye on at all? Um, I have him in TGFBI. He's okay. been on my bench, though. So I haven't played him just because he hadn't really been giving me the counting stats I needed to justify it. The only thing I'm nervous with him is one of the things that was advertised was he has that a little bit of pop with some good speed. So he should steal a good amount of bases, and he has zero stolen yeah. bases on the year. 
which I'm not a fan of. The sprint speed's there, though. He's in the 80th percentile for sprint speed or 79th percentile for sprint speed, something like that. So uh, eventually, maybe the steals will come around. It's just really weird that a guy that was touted as somebody that could steal you 20 bases and then we get the bigger bases and now all of a sudden he's got no stolen bases, only two home runs. I like that he's picking it back up. He does play much better at home, but seeing him hit well on the road has been really nice. So yeah, I, I like it. I just need to see him hit higher up in the lineup, and I need to see some of that speed. Even if the power is not going to be there, let me see the speed. Yeah, when I clicked on his name and saw he had zero stolen bases, I was like, am I thinking of the wrong guy? Like, what's going on? But no, last year, 66 games at double A, he had 17 stolen bases, 13 home runs. So that hopefully we can start seeing that, that power and speed translating. But yeah, I think he's someone that if you're in a deeper league or, or need a shortstop or middle infielder, I think he's worth worth a pickup especially if they have, have a homestand coming up, which I'm I'm not sure if that kicks off this weekend or not. Oh, and then uh, before we head out, cover a couple waiver wire guys that I like for this week. Just a couple. Just quickly go over them. First of all, Bryce Miller. We already talked about him. Wait, who's uh, that? Bryce Miller. Yeah, never heard of her. Um, so in like Yahoo leagues, he is very rostered right now. So this is not kind of geared towards those people he's 59 percent rostered in yahoo leagues as of right now it's only 24 percent on espn those are the people i'm talking to those of you listening to this that play fantasy baseball on espn roster bryce miller because he is good uh, like you'd roster graham ashcraft right so you'd probably roster bryce miller i had to throw that in there but yeah so bryce miller needs to be added uh to start against the Astros, even though he wasn't missing the bats like I wanted, it was still a good fantasy fantasy outing. But some other guys would be uh, Emmanuel Valdez for Boston, starting at second base out there now. Uh, he's hitting really well, good average. He doesn't walk a ton, which sucks, but he has 20-plus home run power at second base, which is a very shallow position. He's hitting down towards the bottom of the order like eight or nine. So I'd like to see him up closer to like five or six. That would be nice. Uh, he's very under rostered. He was 2% as of this weekend. And if I do a quick update, 4% on Yahoo and 2% on ESPN for a guy that is currently the starting shortstop for a major league team that has pop or starting second baseman for a major league team that has pop. He's worth a pickup there. And he has some speed too. He can actually steal you some bases. So he could be like a, a 20 home run. 10 stolen base guy, which would be cool. Uh, Blake, well, I'm, I'm, are, are we out on Lars Nupar yet? I didn't realize how ooh. bad of a year he's been having. Good over the past seven days, hitting hitting uh, 10 for 24. Only 11 total bases there, one stolen base. Not seeing much power. Um, he's still hitting leadoff for the Cardinals. So I'm holding on to him for now, but I don't know if you've changed your tune at all. I can't be out on my boy just yet. And Lars, but... we trust. In large, we trust. We we never got those shirts made. Maybe it's probably for the best. <laughs> the walk rate's still cool. It's like almost 20%, which is wild. Very not large, new bar-esque. He had a 14.7% walk rate last year, so that's typical. He's not chasing a ton of pitches. I think he's on like the 96th percentile for chase rate, something along those lines. Uh, but the power's not there. He's only barreled up three balls this year. It's 5.7% of the time. And it's come because, I mean, I don't even know why. Like, he's hitting 441 off of fastballs. That didn't dip at all. The expected batting average on that's only 263, but that's nice. 
Uh, he's hitting better against breaking pitches this year, 30% or 30 points better. Uh, he's hitting 20 points better against off-speed pitches. So, I mean, his line drive rate's down. His ground ball rate is way up. So maybe he mm-hmm. tried to do a little tweak in his swing, which messed that up. It, it seems like something that could be fixable. Let's hope if he does fix it, it could be the time to buy low right now. I think he'd be a buy low candidate. If you have him on your roster, I understand why you wouldn't want him. He was dropped in my home league, and I've been staring at him on the waivers just debating if I want to grab him. Uh, but that whole team is kind of a dumpster fire, so who knows? Yeah. But I, I love a guy with some power that's batting leadoff in fantasy. Yeah, I'm, I'm considering drop, dropping him in, in, in my main league, but like it's, I didn't realize he he. I thought he had more power than he did in the minors. Only uh, 19 home runs in 210 minor league games, four in 17 games games last year, which I guess is fine. Maybe he does have some power, but maybe he's just you know a good like baseball player leadoff hitter, but not for like a fantasy baseball outfielder. But yeah, I'm gonna give him a little bit more. See if he can figure something out. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think that's all I got. I mean, I guess one more, uh, one more reminder for Aaron Judge yes. managers out there. He will be back on Tuesday, so make sure you adjust your lineup accordingly. Either drop someone to get him on the off the IR or IL or, or whatever you have to do there. Yes, and one more uh, really deep league stolen base pickup for waivers. I. I apologize. I had the fattest headache and I'm trying to fight through this ring light right in my face. Uh, Michael Garcia for the Kansas City Royals. He's up because Nicky Lopez is dealing with like appendicitis or something or appendix surgery to heal him from that. Uh, but Michael Garcia is a guy that was stealing 37, 39 bases in the minor leagues over the last couple of years. Come up to the majors. He's hitting at a ridiculous clip. He's not going to hit like 360 or whatever he's hitting right now. But he is stealing bases. He's, I think he's got like four or five straight games with an RBI, which is kind of wild. He's batting farther down in the lineup, but that Kansas City Royals lineup uh, after like the first four guys isn't very good. So if somebody like him comes up and gets a chance like this, he may as he may very well just stay at the at the major league level and continue to produce. And he all of a sudden becomes an excellent pickup for steals. He doesn't have hardly any power. I think he had like 16 home runs in 1,600 plate appearances or something in the minor leagues. So he's not going to hit very many of those. But if you can hit well with runners on, still you a good amount of bases. There is some value there, especially if he can maintain a higher batting average, like 260, 270. It becomes a pretty rosterable player, at least in deeper leagues, like 12 to 15 team leagues or deeper than that even. Uh, so yeah, he's somebody to keep an eye on. He's only like, one or one percent of leagues on ESPN and three percent on Yahoo. So, yeah, up to, four, up to four percent now on Yahoo, up two percent last day. He's at a, at a hit in all six games so far, five straight games with an RBI, as you said. Uh, hit eighth for two games, and sixth, and ninth, and fifth, and sixth, and now seventh tonight against the White Sox. Yeah, he, he's a fun one to keep an eye on. I like kind of under the radar guys like that that you can pick up when nobody knows who the hell it is. And then they just end up staying for the rest of the year. He's not going to light the world on fire. He's not going to be like an overly exciting fantasy player. But I know like in points leagues, he doesn't strike out a ton. And somebody like that, he's the kind of guy that could chip away at two or three points a game. You're not going to notice him. But all of a sudden you get to the end of the week and you got 21 points out of a player that nobody had even fucking heard of <laughs> before last week. So 
yeah, he's somebody to keep an eye on. Also keep an eye on our podcast feeds on Apple and Spotify. You can hit us up with five-star ratings and reviews. We greatly appreciate those. They go a long way to helping us continue to be able to do this. Uh, and also follow us on our socials at fake baseball on Twitter. It's the coolest at on Twitter. Uh, you can also check us out on YouTube. We're live on YouTube right now at fake baseball money. Uh, Anthony hit us with a, a random question off topic. Who y'all got tonight? Lakers warriors. I got the warriors. I can't bet against, I can't bet against the wazoo cougar clay Thompson. I got the uh, Edmonton Oilers tonight. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at R Gilbert S-O-P. And we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. Oh,